Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to Roll the Hard 20 Podcast. It is I, your trusted handler, Brian, welcoming you once again to another episode of our Delta Green run-through. So, usually the way that it works is I come up with a scenario that we're going to run for the for the particular show. I buy a bunch of beer, and then I invite the hard slingers of yore to come on over and rage with me. And we don't rage for one hour or two hours. No, what we do is we sit down and we go from front to rear and we rage for the duration of the entire scenario because that's what we like to do. We like to stay in the moment. And what I'll do as the evening goes on, I'm watching the meter run on GarageBand. And as you know, I try to hit the hour marker for each episode. Most of the time I go a little over and it's those rare times I go a little under. Well, this is one of those rare times when the episode break was better served at a short mark. It was better for the audio platform, and honestly, it's better for the listener as well. As a podcast listener myself, I know I would rather be hungry for another episode than driven under the weight of wondering when the episode I'm listening to will be over. So I decided to leave y'all with a strong desire to want next week's session now. But you gotta wait, and I'm sorry about that. But I'll give you a little heads up, little heads up. Yeah, you know, we got a, we got our two agents listening to a taped audio cassette that that Clifford Potter recorded with Montgomery Green during his time at the Hunt Plant. I'm telling you, man, we got some quality. Remember, quality over quantity. At least that's why I tell myself when I'm watching that meter just barely tick over 40 some some odd minutes. But I do have to say that I have already edited the final episode of our Future Perfect, and it does not fall short, nor does it fail. So, you know what? I'm not going to take up any more of your time. I just want to remind everybody, like us on whatever podcast app you listen to the show on, and leave us that five-star rating and review. Don't forget, subscribe to the show on our YouTube channel at Roll the Hard 20 Hit that little like bell so you never miss when we drop an episode, because we're going to be dropping episodes. We got four of these bad boys. I might drop them a little early. But all that being said, let's warm up our dice and top off our glass as Roll the Hard 20 Podcast presents our Future Perfect Run-Through, Episode 3. Look at the photo I sent you. I texted you a photo. Yeah. <laughs> so I can look at that? Yeah. No. <laughs> you going to put those on your head or what are you going to do? Try. Jesus Christ. Thank you. There we go. Look at this. Joker. <laughs> Ready? Ready. Yeah, it's doing a little zoom in. Whatever. I'm not going to... You know what? Spoil Christmas. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Everybody, Santa's dead. <laughs> and he's buried in the root cellar. <laughs> From the Ayapa. <laughs> and he's radioactive. He's radioactive. Fucking commie. Red. Sorry. Ready? Ready. Greetings, fellow singers. Welcome back to Roll the Hard 20 Podcast. It is I, your trusted handler, Brian, welcoming you once again to episode three of our future perfect run through and with me the hard slingers of yours. Hey, all right. It's going down in the fruit cellar. 
Yeah. <laughs> Waking up everybody. <laughs> so you guys... There'll be no sleep tonight. You guys found yourselves in Clifford Potter's house. You decided that you were going to start policing up all the stuff that was left behind on his kitchen table, which was... What was it? Bottle yeah, of there were some gloves. Nobody book, bottle of Yeah, gloves. Yeah. We were going to listen to a couple books. Yeah, he's 24 got 24 cassette tapes. I think I said 27, but it's actually 24. He's got Public Enemy in the boom box. Yeah. We're going to listen to, uh, you know, Bring the Noise. So you guys are are going to listen to it here? Is that what you're going to do? Yeah. At the house? Okay. See if it wakes everything down in the root cellar. Okay. So, Ichimaru, you come up with the idea of deciding to listen to this, and you push... Rewind, scrolls back. See, there's only like five, six minutes worth of whatever's on this tape. And then you push play, and you hear. (laughs) Excerpts from a taped interview with Montgomery Green, age 98, resident of Hellbend, California. Interviewer, myself, Clifford Potter, 68. We're talking about Hunt again. Yeah, Monty. Is that okay? Sure. Why the hell not? Such a nerd. He said people would talk about him someday. Did he? Sure. He said uh, he was going to change the face of the earth with what he was working on down there at the plant. You know what? I believed him. Did you ever see what went on below the plant? Nope, I never did. He, Hunt that is, never really went down there either. He just stayed in his office. The bathysphere, we called it. It was all decked out strange. I heard it cost a hundred grand or so to put together. It was hermetically sealed with big rubber-lipped cast iron doors like a damned battleship. Yeah? Yeah. It was all lit by those Clegg light jobbies. You know, the ones it cooked in there. 110, sometimes 100, 120 degrees easy. He liked it. Hell, he loved it. He just sat at this weird desk and drew his plans and cooked. No one but me and him could stand it. I was in the South Pacific for a chunk of time, you understand. Even I found it uncomfortable after a while. What was he working on? I don't really know, except he said it would change the world. The man worked freehand from memory, just drawing out things that looked like blueprints from scratch. (laughs) I mean, with damn chalk pencil and some paper, and that's it. He just sat there and rattled it off like he was doing the crosswords. What did they look like? They were hard to explain. You know, he wrote in this weird code. It looked like math, like symbols. Then he'd redo the whole thing in English when it was ready to be built. So you don't think English was his main language? I don't know. He looked white. He looked like he was from Europe or something. He seemed normal, but once or twice I heard him talk in this language. Can you describe it? Well, it sounded sort of like South Seas lingo, like something from New Guinea or something. I heard some of those in the core, you understand. Did he know you overheard him? Once, 
us say anything to you about it? Yeah, he said forget it. <laughs> he said he could speak 12 languages, that it was a gift. He could write in them too. So his personal habits, they were strange? Well, if he had any personal habits, I never slept. I only caught him dozing once. The guy ate only vegetables, only specially prepared stuff. He was flown in every morning by courier from Los Angeles. He'd only eat if I washed it by hand. He knew when I didn't do this. <laughs> I don't know how. So he was a little hard? Hard ain't the word. But he was a good boss. Then again, I was used to the core. Anything seemed good after the call. So he was a good boss? Oh, yeah. Do you think uh, you could go into that a bit more? Sure, don't get me wrong. He hated everyone. That was a real bastard. All the guys who worked for him, he never once said a kind word to anyone. Conversations with him were always about three sentences. He'd ask you a question, you understand? You'd answer, and then he'd berate you. But he was always right, and he rewarded loyalty and consistency. I had that stuff from training. I did everything he asked down to the letter. By that time, it was second nature. So you think he liked you? Nah, he tolerated me, you understand. Did he ever go outside? Once or twice, he wore those old goggles big light goggles with blackout glass when he went. Yeah? Yeah. He could see just fine in the dark. He walked around after hours, sometimes in the rooms surrounding his office in the dark. So he wore them whenever he was in sunlight? Yeah. He liked heat. He liked the lamps, but something about the sun just bugged him. Not his skin, just his eyes. So, he didn't like blood. You said something about that earlier, right? Yeah. I cut myself once while preparing his lunch. And when I walked in the bathosphere, that's what we called Hunt's office, he got up and started screaming at me. He was really, really mad. Really pissed off. He stood away from me like he was catching. Was he yelling? <laughs> For me to get out, yeah, to come back later, that he wasn't hungry, that my blood made him sick. So you were bleeding a lot? That's the thing. I, I didn't bleed hardly at all, just on a finger. The finger was wrapped in gauze. So he saw the bandage? No. No, I had my other hand with the cut on the door. He, he couldn't see it. So how did he know? That's the thing. I think he, I think he smelt it. Well, that was, okay, so something going on beneath the hunt plant, that's interesting, is, uh, let's take a look at that notebook and map. As you open up this notebook, it's battered and once waterlogged or whiskey logged and, but now dry. You see that the notepad's been filled in some kind of baffling shorthand. Most of the pages are stuck together, 
and the information inside ruined on those pages. Beside the poor penmanship, it's obvious Potter felt no need to label the pages. He seemed to be writing about something he knew very well and expected no one else to ever need to understand. Some of the notes that appear to be numerical, such as almost three inches, 5,000 plus from culvert, machine parts, gold with a question mark on the back end, can it be shrunk, dragonfly, radioactive, question mark, gate, question mark, and then capital A, capital N, and then the number 79. The majority of the rest of the notes are just basically wiped out, except for the last page, which shows a simple drawing of what looks like an odd pool with three square sockets on one side and wavy lines that are drawn in the center of the pool. A pool like a pool of water? I'll show you what the picture looks like. Oh, okay. Hmm. All right. What is, what's the measurements on that? Does that say, thanks. So 14 and 12, I assume that's feet? You know, it's almost the same dimensions as the root cellar. Because the root cellar is 16. 12 by 16. Yeah. This looks to be 14 by 12, maybe? Is that what it says at the bottom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's about the same dimensions as it's the root so cellar. It's so blurry. In the, in his notebook, that's difficult to tell. Okay. Detective advice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the people who were uh, listening, use my phone. Zoomed in on it. All right. Let's uh, you deleted <laughs> the map. What does it show? Uh, looks like it's hand drawn, and you could tell that uh, Clifford obviously fashioned this with great care. It looks like it's drawn from a bird's eye view. It looks like the layout of a large structure, possibly a building of sorts. It's got uh, numbers. It's possible they could be distances. It's hard to tell, but this is what it looks like. Okay. 5,000 feet to covert. Okay. 2.3 miles away from Hell's Bend. Okay. Well, the... uh the owner of the Bobcat had it on GPS, so if we're, we need the exact location of the culvert, I, I assume the sheriff would know too. But Right. All right, let's go back out to the root cellar and dig up what's in there. Well, we're going to look for shovels, things like that? Yeah. Make an intelligence check as you overlook some of this stuff. A 50. Polly makes it. I have a 50. Uh, oh, 59. I missed it. Paul, you realize that based on the schematics of whatever he drew and took a lot of care in drawing, that you remember when you were coming to Hellbend and you were within Hellbend proper, mm-hmm. it wasn't even until you were in the center of the town that you realized that you were actually in the town. Yeah. And you would think that a building of this size, you probably would have seen somewhere. This may have been the plant then. This may have been the hunt plant before it died because it's 471 feet at its longest continuous line or on the 723 feet on its longest continuous wall by 471 and then a little bit more looks like it's got an L shape cut out of the and center it blew up is that right or was it a fire they're not sure 
They, uh, from what Heisenberg had mentioned, he said the plant had blown up, blown exploded, up. and uh, well, maybe the bathosphere has not been blown up. See, that's it's interesting. You got this marker here from the side of the wall, 235 feet in, but undetermined length from here to here, or from this wall to this wall, this right. wall to this wall. In there, but that may be interesting. Maybe take a closer look at that. You could see that there's a set of gloves on the table as yeah. well. What kind of gloves are they? They're uh, elbow-length gloves. They look really heavy. Uh, they have red dirt on them. Same type of dirt that I noticed was washed off the dozer blade. Yeah. And that's not uh, around the house where we were, right? Like not at all. Nope. That, and the dirt in the cellar was not this red dirt? No, that was just regular brown okay. dirt. But as you pick them up, they feel really dense as though they're... Uh, lead-lined. Thick rubber. Yeah. Lead-lined. Let's take all these right. with us when we go back to the root cellar. And there are three books as well. What are the books titled? One is titled Radioactivity and Geology, an Account of the Influence of Radioactive Energy on Terrestrial History. Some light reading. The other one is Radioactivity and Its Measurements. And the third book is The Aklo Language, Factor Fiction. How is that spelled, Aklo? A-K-L-O. Does that name mean anything to us? Uh, Montgomery was saying that he'd heard him speak in a strange language, and now we found a book on Aklo. Yeah, I mean, does that name ring any bells for you? No, I don't think so. My guy does speak Russian, Chinese, and Spanish, but not, not Aklo. As you look at the books, you notice that they all have invoices in them from Amazon. Looks like they were purchased a couple of years ago. Uh, but in the back of the Aklo book... There's a, looks like some kind of a hand-drawn page within, and it looks just like this. You see six squares. They all look to be the same size with these linear markings on them. And then above each square, he wrote letters or three-letter words or whatever. Why don't you tell me what that says, Adesso? It says, Asa Su... She, sec, sesh, she. And then she, rather than an S-H-E versus an S-H-I. So. And then the translations for Asa are the west, the end, or the last. Sun would be the east, the first, or the one. She would be the between, transitional, or the middle. Sec, the north, above, up, or cold. Shesh, south, below, down, or warm. And then she, time before and the predecessor. With six symbols that correspond to the translations. And that's everything on the table. Alrighty. And it's sesh, not a shesh. Just in case we're saying things, we don't want to uh, mispronounce them. Of course not. <laughs> We wouldn't want to offend any native Aklo speaker. Or yeah. <laughs> Well, it's fact or fiction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what would you like to do? All right, let's take all that stuff, put it in the car, grab the lead line gloves, and go back to the root cellar. Okay. Well, do we want to continue on the root cellar, or do we want to while there's... Well, what time is it now? It was around 4. It's probably about 5, 10. Two hours at best of sun. Yeah. yeah. So we save the... Old well, hunt place, if that's indeed the case, uh, what it is, we'll save that for tomorrow. 
Final. Okay. Yeah. It's we don't want to do that now no, in no, two hours in sunset. Let's just go back to the roots, Sarah, because I'm, I'm thinking it's probably, whatever he's buried there isn't buried very deep. At least oh. I wouldn't think so. Well, what happens when we, okay, thinking about that, what happens when we dig and it starts getting more and more? We're ill-equipped well, to handle that. True, but let's find out what, well, let's let's start digging if it gets worse and worse and then we reach Then a point we go with the danger. plan that I had suggested? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Murder suicide. <laughs> <laughs> Break the phone chips. <laughs> Insert. <Yeah. Boop. laughs> okay. Well, let's. Uh, sorry. Let's. Um, then I will. I don't assume that there would be any evidence on these gloves since they were in the house and not with the body that died. So I will put them on and whatever that would help. And uh, maybe if I'm handling something and then dig. Okay. A little bit. Did we were we able to find any other sort of uh, tools? Uh, you say you found some kind of gardening shovels, okay? Whatever. Then, yeah, I'll I'll start doing that, being very gentle with what I'm doing, assuming that there's something underneath there that I don't want to break. What so you... no full boot, none of that. <laughs> I was thinking like one of those little oh, a little hoe? little little hand spades, hand trowel. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's what I was implying. Oh. So. Great. Okay, you want one so, of the well? I was looking at something to put me in a little bit of a distance and not, you know, hand to hand with a. I mean, there's there's other shovel. shovels too, like full length, four foot. That's shovels. what I'm looking for. More of a staff than a. a okay. A, yeah. Than a bow. <laughs> yeah. Odessa, what are you doing? I'm gonna cover the hole just in case something comes unpleasantly out of it. Although I don't think that's likely, but it can can't hurt. Only one person can dig anyway. Okay. So you start... Well, we got the little hand. Digging gently. <laughs> yeah. Does the ground feel hard-packed? or No, is it's it... not hard-packed at all. Okay. And I'll keep my eye on the Geiger counter. At about eight inches down, the shovel hits something. Something metallic. Okay. Um, I would like to kind of start pushing the area or digging to try to find the edges if I okay. can. Okay. Unless it feels like it's... I'm feeling edges now. Well, as you, as you move around, you feel like... Uh, you do feel the edge of something, mm-hmm. but it feels as though it's it's kind of slippery. Oh, lovely. But it doesn't feel very big. It like only feels skull. like maybe three inches or so as you go from one end, and as you get to the other end, you hit something that sounds glass. Okay, well, we what were the notes that he was saying? Three inches, something or other? Remember we were listening to that? Are we reading yeah. that? Yeah, there was a couple things. Dragonfly, 5,000 feet from color, AN-79. Yeah, a couple little things. But not the one I was asking about, no? No, I didn't <laughs> take a note on that. Um, okay, uh, well then maybe I will go to hand trial now. And uh, what about the, the counter? Is it beeping more? Yeah, it's beeping at between uh, about 75, 80. Okay, well, I'm going up there to... doesn't seem to peak past 100, though. Okay. Well, then let's uh, maybe get a little bit closer now and start trying to dig around it. I'm wearing the gloves, if okay. that'll help. Yeah, you move it around, you see that what you were initially thinking was something slippery was, in fact, uh, some kind of a metal cube that was in a Ziploc baggie, and you were moving the baggie around. Oh, okay. And next to it appears to be like a pickle jar, I don't know, maybe 18 inches by maybe 14 in diameter. Jesus. But it's it's so dirty you can't tell what's inside of it. Okay. And then once I remove those from where it was, um, 
there's nothing else. In there's there. nothing else in there. What's the Geiger counter doing? It's staying the same. As you as you pick up the pickle jar, uh, you you hear it as though there's something liquid sloshing around within. Okay, but we can't see because you it's can't dirty. tell because it's so dirty. So, do we want to take? Would you want to get out of the cellar right now? Is that everything there? That's everything that's in the hole. Of course, he put it in the cellar for a reason. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it's radioactive. That's probably why it's killing all the grass. So, okay, um, we'll we'll pick it up and then keep it for our guys who are coming tomorrow and telling them about it. But yeah, let's. Well, uh, do we want to clean the thing? Do we want to open yeah. up the ziploc and see the metal cube that's going to make uh, yeah, metallic absolutely. objects fly? Sure, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. As I go insane, tell me what you're going to do. Um, I think is it still light enough outside to. Yeah, but you're down. You're underground right now. You have to take it upside. No, that's what I mean. Okay. Yeah, but it's still light outside, right? So yeah. can I move this closer to where maybe light coming in from the stairs, and I can try to sure, yeah, um, dust the area. What are you dusting? The the glass. Okay. So you pick up this large jar. Can I handle that pretty easily? My yeah, strength it, is it probably, fourteen. Yeah, it probably weighs like uh, like twelve pounds or something oh, like that. Fourteen shit. pounds. It's just cumbersome the way it is. Okay. Swiping the side of it, and you see it reveals it is filled with a thick, clear liquid. No head floating in it or anything that I can see? <laughs> no, but actually what you do see inside is a huge insect. Okay. A dragonfly, uh-huh. in fact, by eyeballing it. That would be about uh, 30 inches from tip to Jesus. tail. Wait it's, a minute. Does one of its wings look like what we had? Yeah, exactly. One of no, its wings looks it like doesn't. what it is. Its wings are crushed, but two of them are missing. Uh, and it's obviously suffered severe trauma, whatever killed this thing, and it's curled in its death position in the liquid, rolled up like a spiral. And as you see this, this it's just amazing of what it is. I need you to make a sand check on this. Really? Yeah. It's just a bug. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bug, he says. Uh, where am I looking? Are you looking oh, at yeah, it right too, there. Tom? Yeah. Or, two right, Polly? Yep, Polly's going to be looking at it too, man, because he's got to know. All right. Cool. Ten. Or actually, oh, one. Oh, oh one, man. man. This is not bothering him at all. Failed. Did you? Yeah. yeah. That looks like a critical fail. Oh, what is it? 66? No, it's, that one's a nine, isn't it? Yep, you're right. Uh, three points of sand damage. As you reel from the knowledge of this, and that you would immediately know that... Uh, this is probably the largest insect to have ever existed on this planet. It's just, it's unbelievable that something like this is even here. Does anybody have anything in archaeology or anthropology or science? Science. Nope. That's a negative. Yeah. But you do know that it was buried here for a reason. It's, it's just like, hey, look, I found this. I yeah. mean... For how for what this thing looks like, it would possibly be like finding the Holy Grail. I mean, just people would probably kill. If I were an entomologist, you know, some university. I think that's a bug doctor (laughs) or a bug dude. I'm going archaeologist. Yeah, man. So, looking at this thing, you're just like, okay, just take this, take this Odesso, you know. Well, I think what we should do is, if it's radioactive, radioactive, it's not. not? Nope. Because you're you're next it's to that. The other the, thing. The okay. other thing is still in the middle of the room. Um, okay. So, do you think we take this with us, or do we leave it here for the no, the guys we, to come? We take it all. Well, we'll take it with us <laughs> so then they can get. Oh, what about the radioactive stuff? We take uh, that. Let's take that. Too? Well, 
Yes. Let's take that and stage it somewhere else. Is the is the cube that's in the bag small enough to fit inside one of the gloves? Yeah, I'm going to say it would be. Okay, because we it, could do that. As you look at this cube, by the way, you notice that all six sides have markings on it. Yeah. And they I, look just like the to, ones that you yeah. that you looked at that were found in the, the ACLO book. Okay. Well, currently, okay, that... So we know that that's his stuff. Okay, so what then I would like to do is... But you also know, as you're picking this up, that this three-inch cube is his, solid gold. Okay. And it weighs almost 15 pounds. Ooh. So... Based and it's on, the radioactive one, though, too? Yeah, which is something in and of itself. Does anybody have science? Still no. No? Bummer. Yeah. <laughs> and for the audience, because they won't know. Mm-hmm. Well yeah. done, Ham. Um, I'm not going to tell them. <laughs> but the gold alone would probably be worth a quarter of a million dollars just for this cube. Okay. Um, Paulie's like, check it out, man. College money for Joaquim. <laughs> Joaquim? Yeah. Joachim? Yeah. Joachim. That's a Swedish. You're joking. Or it's Joachim. Yeah. Joachim. <laughs> um, okay. Well, if we're looking to procure this stuff, then for our people, um, instead of irradiating everyone, we could, I could try that with the, the gloves, I guess. And we can wrap up the uh, bug in something to protect it, like any, a blanket. Well, yeah. What I'd yeah. suggest, just so we don't forget... Before we leave, I'd like to fill back in the hole. Yeah, uh, and, and do rake the, over the rake it. over okay. it as well. Sure. Once we're done done with that area, that's what I would like to do. Okay. We, so, just yeah. So, we so won't you forget. you taking the stuff out of the root cellar. Yeah. Paul, you probably put it in the car and right. each of you wrap it with blankets and, and stuff. Yeah, and wrap okay. the the bug bot the, the pickles uh, in some blanket or towel that we can find in the house that wouldn't be missed. Not the one from the bed, but something in storage. Good choice. Okay. So you figure right now it's probably about almost six. About Are there 10 any, to marking, six. any markings on the cube? Yeah, it's these. Yeah, those right there. Okay, got it. Like the ones that you found that oh, were on the page. I gotcha. mean, they're almost identical. You could figure that he probably drew six squares to represent each face of this cube and then drew the markings that were on each face and then translate looked, yeah looked through the book and found the translations and did that stuff got it so what do you gentlemen wish to do well we need to find uh, some place to uh, hold out tonight and I know that we can check out that place tomorrow that's you know he died at that culvert so and that's near the old hunt factory so that's I think where we need to be going next yeah. As opposed to going to the ladies, uh, the, the Laura Palmer, uh, whatever her name is, Laura Meyer, Mayer. Uh, it's not her house or the, the, the old trailer, I think. The well, Hunt Factory. You notice that um, that it is getting dark. Mm-hmm. And the last place you remember there being a place to crash down would be the Pleasant Motel back in Furnace Creek. Okay. All right. How far is that? Yeah, it's probably take about 20 minutes. Call to get ahead. There. Yeah. See if they Let's got a it. room. Yep. They pick up the phone. They said, yeah, we got plenty of vacancies. Come on down. How far away are you guys? And blah, blah, blah. Okay. I'll call Heisenberg next. Adesso. We, uh... It's twice in one day. Yeah, it's a new record for us. Is too. it on speakerphone? Yeah. Do they have yeah. speakerphones back then? Yeah, I think you could... <laughs> I don't know if they did or not. Yeah, I think you could flip it open and 
just, I don't know. Okay, well, I'm going to be with my ear next to his. No, how uh, Ichi's here, too. <laughs> Hi. Coochie, coochie, coo. I'll tell him um, we found some stuff that's going to need some special handling. Uh, we went to third victim's house, Clifford Potter. All right, let's not talk about it over an unsecure line. Just uh, tell me where you're going to be at the next hour or so. On. Pleasantville Hotel. Pleasantville Hotel. Room is assigned. We'll let you know. Uh, the stuff we've got is radioactive. And we've tried to make as much of a cover as we can, lining, you know, putting it in a leathered or a leather lead glove. Uh, mm-hmm. So we tried to contain the radiation by putting it in the lead glove, but we probably need something better than that, someone better to handle this than us. Mm-hmm. Where are you planning on securing this stuff? We'll, put, we'll leave it in the trunk of our car at this point. We don't want to bring it in the room with us. What exactly is this? It's a gold cube, six-sided, marked with some strange hieroglyphs. And the biggest damn dragonfly you've ever seen. In a jar. How big is this dragonfly? About 14 inches long. Was it, yeah, uh, two feet? Where the hell did you find? In the cellar. In the cellar of of the third victim, Potter's house. We dug it up. Take a picture of the jar and send it to me. 30 minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A few moments later, after looking at the picture, he starts talking again. He's all, this is a Meganuera dragonfly. It lived in the Carboniferous period some 300 million years ago. Where the hell did you get this thing? I told you, sir. It was in the cellar of Potter's house in a jar. In a, next to it was the Ziploc bag with this odd-looking cube with the runes on it. We can take pictures of the runes, too, if you wish, but we have them all on notes as well. Look, I'm going to need... Uh, you can't leave this stuff in the car. The, where would, the where value, would you like us the to value meet you? of that dragonfly alone is incalculable. Where would you like us to meet you, then? Because I don't know if a bunch of agents rolling up in a small hotel is the best thing. You've been in uh, touch with Makamara? Mac- yeah, he called... He's already en route to your position. I'll have him liaison with you this evening. You said you'll be at the Pleasant Motel? We are, Will. Yes. All right. So you guys get to the Pleasant Motel. First thing you notice, it says, you know, free Wi-Fi, stuff like that. And the old lady there, the old hen, she checks you guys in. One bed of two, sweets. I believe two would be best because, uh, you know, I like to hog the blankets. Yeah. <laughs> You G-men are so cute. <laughs> she gives you guys a key to uh, room number 12. It's outside, a couple doors down. And you guys go down to your room. Okay. Okay, we'll put the cube in the bathtub. This is probably a metal line bathtub. Wow, way to go. That's all right. Look at this guy. So you settle in there, put all your stuff in there. A few minutes later, you hear a knock at the door. Polly covers the door. Is there, a little, is there a little eye hole? There is. I will uh, take a peek through. You see an Asian American in a suit and tie looking left and right. Makamuro-san. Hey. Right. Ichimaru-san. I will open it up. He opens, looks at you as he walks through the entry and says, I hear you have some things that Heisenberg wishes to take back to... One of the green boxes. Yes, we have a few things. Um, 
please come in and take a look at what we've discovered. Uh, I warn you, one of the things is radioactive, uh, which is why it's in a lead-lined glove right now. And one of the other things is something from millions of years ago that you know is not for the faint of heart. I would like to look at that. Okay. He grabs the jar and he looks at it. And it just, <laughs> his eyes just start yeah, blinking rapidly as he as he takes two points of sanity I will damage. grab the jar from him and so it doesn't fall. Oh, oh you're assuming that's I? <laughs> Good night. <laughs> yeah. You understand what he's saying. He's Japanese. He said goodnight. <laughs> he's all, uh, what, uh, what house do you have that you would... Or goodbye. I, uh, I have a background in the crypt. And uh, let me take a look at some of the other things you have here. Okay. And he looks at uh, the diagram of whatever these numbers are that represent distances and stuff. And, uh, this looks like some kind of a, of a structure, someplace close. Indeed. We are almost two and a half miles from Hellbend and to Colwood. Okay, and this this other thing. Yeah, we think this could be the ruins of the old factory. That is possible. There is nothing else. We tried to look before. And there's some sort of you here. something here that you can take a look at as well. And he maybe look, he looks at that wavy pool mm-hmm. thing, and he says, "You know, there are these three square slots to the left side, similar to this square cube that we have here." Yes, do we know if the other two are here or if there are three and this is a fourth one? No, we haven't found the other two yet. We have this one. Yeah. So if these diagrams, which were found together, uh, have anything to do with... I doubt the giant dragonfly is something that we can use, but a small square here and a small square that we have here, uh, this gold one, might be might be something that we need to hold on to. So if we can, I don't think we should turn this in while all the notes and the other things, I think, are something we may want to get to Heisenberg. Yes, that is a good idea. I don't think that these, this pool thing is supposed to be laying flat, though. Or perhaps, uh, perhaps it is supposed to be vertical. Maybe so, okay. like a tower. Like a cooling tower. But we don't know how deep it is. Could be a chamber. As a matter of fact, this other diagram where we have the circle. That's right. 235. Maybe this was supposed to, or was found here, and he pulled or out beneath that cube. It. Yeah. Or it was pulled in it, on it. Yeah. We'll, we'll Either way, to the site and find out. we plan to go tomorrow. You're more than welcome to go with us if that is allowed, we could always use the backup and the knowledge. I would uh, like to go with you. I will give my men the other stuff, and I will stay here with you in one of your beds. (laughs) (laughs) So he calls out to one of his men on a walkie, and a couple of men come into the room. One guy stands guard out front, and they police up all 
the stuff they place up the jar with the giant dragonfly. But we have the cube still, right? Yeah, they, re- okay. they let you retain the cube with the gloves. What about the tapes? Do you think that we should listen to the tapes tonight? Yeah, let's try that. Absolutely. Or should we turn them in? Well, let's listen to the tapes. There may be something more intelligent on them. Or does, Do the tapes look like they survived the immersion in the whiskey? They do not. In okay. fact, I, I think that was mentioned. Uh, I thought it was only some episode. of them were. No, they were all destroyed. Okay, except only for the some one. of the pages of the notebook survived. All right, we'll give them the uh, tapes. Well, over we'll then. give them the tapes. Maybe they can yeah. fix them somehow. You know, yeah. whammy them, bake them. You know, dry it. Well, I guess it's already dried. Never mind. So you give them the the boombox. You give them the tapes, the books, and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. We, uh, I let uh, Agent Makamura know that we listen to this tape. If he wants to listen to it, it's only three or four or five minutes. If he wants to listen to it, so he knows what we're coming from, and he takes a moment. Takes those minutes as those men are loading up the car, uh, and he listens to it. And at the end of it, he stops and gives the boombox with the tape over to the last guy. They say a few words, and then the men leave. And he closes the door and he thinks about it. I don't know quite what to make of of that Montgomery Green. Uh, what he says doesn't make sense. Um, what do you know that's different? Well, what he says about the bathysphere and this Arthur Hunt and the blood and the dark and the goggles and the uh, heat. Yeah, the sun. None of that makes a whole lot of sense, but... Well, in our line of work, it makes a lot of sense. Clearly, this uh, Arthur Hunt is something other than just a entrepreneur who had a factory. Well, we need to clean this up because special agent in charge, Kevin Slotten, will be sending men down here soon if he sees that we are still down here. And you, although you are supposedly in an official capacity, you know your credentials will not hold up. Well, I guess we... Are you suggesting we go tonight? No, I I think tomorrow should be fine, but we should probably do this hastily. Yes. We rise with the sun tomorrow, but for now... The rising sun tomorrow! <laughs> <laughs> Easy, Dr. Strangelove. <laughs> uh, yes, but we rise early tomorrow. Tonight, we've just come from another mission and had a six-hour flight to recover, and we're back in the field, so we could use a little rest so we can be aware for tomorrow. Well, then, let us get some shut-eye. So you guys close it down. Is there a way that we can get... Should we get another room, too? We got three dudes. I'm not going to sleep in bed with these guys. They snore. Yeah, let's, let's definitely get... No, he'll just he'll sleep on the floor. All he'll right, just great. take the, the spare we'll stuff call, out. They don't want to We'll call it. for a cot. <laughs> All right. I'll ask. I'll ask the, the nice little lady there. We don't okay. have to RP. She, she, <laughs> she brings it down. He sleeps. Okay. You guys wake up the next morning bright and early. You get him some coffee. <laughs> um, well, I did check, and they, they don't have tea. They only have well, they have chamomile. That's it's, racist. You know. Okay. So, would you, you like some tea? Where would you like to go? <laughs> what are we doing? Let's go out to the site, to the hunt site. Okay. What kind of uh, car are we in, by the way? Uh, some shitty Chevy Malibu. Okay. 
<laughs> I just want to know the stats of what, in case, you know, Slotten's agents oh, and we have to drive and fire and all that. <laughs> Whatever was uh, chic at the time. Do we want to stop by the uh, culvert area? I don't, I, I don't know how large this is, but I assume if we get to that area, we should be able to see a ruins of a giant factory. Oh, before we turn over that jar, I'd like to match the feather-type <laughs> object to see if it would match where the other wings would have missed. Okay. Didn't you already say no? I, I said, I said it wasn't that, yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. They're, not, they're not the same. They're not the same. No. Like a dragonfly's wing is uh, more translucent. Yeah, and this uh, comes from some sort of reptile. Or something like that. Got it. So getting up early. We're going to need a bigger gun. <laughs> driving down the road. Approximately two and a half miles northwest from the center of Hellbend. You find yourselves on the ruins of a formerly beautiful asphalt road. A sea of destroyed concrete all that remains of this once huge plant known as Hunt Electrodynamics Plant 004. You see a partially ruined chain link fence surrounds the perimeter of this place, but it has large gaps all about it and it is hardly a deterrent at this time. As you guys get out of the car, you see the sun finally rise up completely over the desert area and that is where we'll end this session <laughs> awesome because I gotta pee <laughs>